right, guys, welcome back to Top Ends Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eli Quivy. Um, sorry for the delay. Last week I was supposed to post, um, got caught up in school, and but we're back. Um, today this podcast is going to be all about Premier League soccer. I'm here with Luke Lindsay. Luke's been on it multiple times. Here with um, Ian Bennett. Ian is on my team as well, number 24, lives in our house. Ian, say hello to everyone. What's up, guys? I'm Ian. Um, I'm a junior at USI, and as Eli said, I play on the soccer team, and I'm excited to be on the podcast finally. Yeah, and Ian's a United supporter as well, so that's good to have two United supporters and one Chelsea supporter. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, today's podcast, the first thing we got, some big news coming out of last week. Gareth Bale is back to Spurs on a one-year loan. Guys, how are we feeling about it? Ian, let's get your take first. Um, I'm excited to see it. He left Spurs in, what, 2011, 2012, something like that. And I'm really just to see, excited to see him in a different environment than what he was, like an, a new environment that maybe the fans will actually like enjoy him playing and ha- have him being around. Yeah, I think um, my take off of it, Bale is a very exciting player. He got his start in the Premier League and then went to the Liga with Real and won multiple championships um, there, won Champions League multiple times alongside with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, but I think coming back to Spurs under Jose, it's going to be very interesting. Um, uh, Luke, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's something – it's conflicting. I have conflicting views. I think on the face of it, it looks great, bringing back a club legend. Everyone's happy. He's a big name. He just hasn't produced recently. Last year, 16 appearances, two goals, two assists. He's 31 years old now. 31, but – he looked unhappy. Fans booed him at Real. Right, yeah. He didn't want to be there. The fans didn't want him there, which was really confusing situation because he's done some great things for Real. And we'll see. It's a coin toss. I think it could either go really well or really poorly. Yeah, I mean, realistically, at the end of the day, he wants to play golf. And now he's at Spurs, so maybe he wants to play soccer again. Who knows? But on to another talking point. This is more for Ian and I's lane here. Ian, United are off to a slow start. We got three points this past weekend, but it's not looking good. It's ugly. Um, Let's just talk about United's play right now and the luck with penalties. Are we getting bailed out with penalties? At the moment, I think, yeah. Um, Obviously, Bruno scored that penalty in, what, the the 100th minute of our game? Yeah. Ridiculous. The the whistle being blown after the game ended, which has never happened before. Yeah. I, we can't rely on him forever to take penalties. We we got to have a change in mentality and keep moving forward. Hopefully Ole can do that. It's tough. I mean, looking at the table right now, United's in 14th. Um, I think the biggest thing, transfer window is officially a week week away, right? So yeah. we got – who do we go after? Who do you think, Ian? Should we go after what position? Um, if you have a player in mind, who is it? We need center backs. Um, I don't know who that'd be. We looked into Yuri Mina a few years ago from Everton, but he didn't decided not to leave. Um, our midfield is great, obviously. Our forwards we can provide with Martial, Rashford. We can rely on them to get goals. Lingard. Lingard. <laughs> yeah, Lingard's going to be back. Um, I agree. I think a, a very athletic, young, technical center back would be huge to put next to Slabhead, um, Mr. Way too much money, Maguire. Yeah. I think that would be great. Um, obviously, I've seen in the past week linked 
Nagola Conte to United. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Again, I don't know where he'd fit. I mean, our midfield is pretty loaded. We're already having to bench some quality players. Uh, Luke, you're the Chelsea guy. What have you heard anything about that? Yeah, that is that won't happen. Well, I can guarantee it. We, I mean, we don't need him. I know you guys are really high on him, um, but. The only person who's buying N'Golo Conte this transfer window would be PSG, and I still don't think Frank is going to let him go unless an opportunity comes where he can bring Declan Rice in, which I know Chelsea are interested in. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Again, all right, so let's transition. Luke, you're talking about Chelsea. Chelsea is off to somewhat of a slow start. Let's talk about Kai Havertz and Timo. What is going on? Uh, I think it's... In in the Premier League, what's going on? Right, and... You said it, the Premier League, right? It's an adjustment period for both of them. After the first game against um, Chelsea played Brighton the opening weekend, Timo goes, I've never played against three huge defenders like that in my life. And, and that's Brighton. And that's Brighton, right? The This is just something they haven't seen before, something that they're just going to have to get used to. It's reality. That's that's what the Premier League is. It's all about I don't know, pace, physicality. Um, it's going to take him time. Timo, I think, has looked better than Kai. Timo's won two PKs already. And he's fast. Surprisingly he fast. Rapid. Yeah. Um, and Kai's really struggled. Um, I don't think it's time to sound the alarms. We're, what, two weeks into the season, three weeks into the season? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting under underneath them. We saw Havertz have a hat trick in the Caribou Cup. Um, you know, I think, yeah, the adjustment period to come to the Premier League is tough for everyone. I think we can't be too hard on them. Uh, I I can. I don't know if you will want to be, but... And I think... So, you look at the Liverpool game, a 2-0 loss. At halftime, right before Christensen made that interesting tackle, it was 0-0. You know, Liverpool on top of things, but Chelsea were still in the game. And then you go, you go a man down... Mane scores a pretty good goal, and then Kepa gives up the second, and yeah, you just you can't account for those types of individual errors. And then the following week, three zero to West Brom in like twenty minutes, yeah. all from like really poor errors, like Thiago Silva's pulling Steven Gerrard slipping on the field, like yeah, it. I don't know what you can do, like. You can't be happy with Frank, but at the same time, he's not on the field right now. And it's it's a lot of new guys in the team. Uh, obviously, the adjustment period for those guys as well is probably taking a toll when they come on the field, I would say. I mean, yeah. you guys spent a ton of money in this transfer window. Right, you got players who have never played with each other. They all speak different languages. That takes time to gel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so after we're talking about our prospective teams, I have said it in the past uh, when we did the predictions. I said Liverpool is going to repeat. Liverpool looks awful good in the first three games. Um I'll go ahead and get my take on it right now. I think they look good. They look strong. They haven't had too many errors besides Van Dyke being a little bit too comfortable in the back line. Um, he had that mess up last weekend, and they got scored on. But um, they're looking good again. I think the first couple weekends, they didn't have their legs underneath them. I think Trent looked really slow. I think Rabo looked really slow, yeah, against Leeds. Um, but now they're out, and Salah looks good again. He's scoring. Mane looks good as always. Firmino still isn't scoring, but he's doing the dirty work that doesn't get really talked about. Um, I mean, I sound like a Liverpool supporter, but I think they're going to repeat. They look strong. Um, yeah, the Diego Jota signing is huge. Came in today, uh, scored. They won 3-1 against Arsenal. Arsenal 
I mean, I hate talking about them on this podcast, but yeah, they lost 3-1 today against Liverpool, so Colton, suck that. Um, Nick, if you're listening to this, suck that. So United got three points this weekend, Arsenal didn't. Ian, how do you feel about Liverpool so far, looking strong, I would say? I mean, you basically summed it up. The first week, they barely held on to the win against Leeds. I mean, we were watching that game, and, and during it, I was like, is this the downfall? of? I mean, granted, it was week one, but it's like, is this the downfall of Liverpool? But Trent played bad, like you said. Andy Robertson played bad, and I both have them on my fantasy team. And today they provided, but haven't been able to. Um, and then the Chelsea game, I didn't have any doubt. Sorry, Luke, that Liverpool were going to pull the win. And then, again, today against Arsenal, I mean, they just look solid. Like Van Dyke, Van Dyke was holding the whole game up. Diego Jota got his debut goal. I don't see them not doing well, finishing top or second in the league. They're, I, I think what's really huge is Jota's going to come in, and if we talked about Luke and I talked about it in the previous podcast, if there's an injury to one of the top three, he can come in and be, be – I mean, he can produce somewhat. He's played in the Premier League for past years – Played in a Wolves system, who's similar with a, a very good attacking style of soccer. I think uh, Milamino yes. tried to come in last year and be that guy, but he didn't really do it. So I think that's a huge thing for Liverpool. Luke, how do you feel about it? Yeah, great signing, Jota, Prem proven. I think that's the big thing. You're looking at, you know, Timo Werner needs his time to get adjusted to the league. Jota's been here, done that with Wolves. He's going to provide serious competition. He's going to push Mane and Salah to be their best. Uh, like you guys said, their fullbacks are looking better. They it, Arsenal did get through a couple times. Lacazette probably should have had one today. Yeah, he definitely um, missed a They were gifted one-on-one. their first goal, though, to be fair. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Definitely so a better start than uh, expected. other title contenders. Yeah, absolutely, City. absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about the table a little bit. Um, I know it's early. Leicester off to a flying start, nine points. Liverpool nine points. Everton nine points. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Leicester looks really good right now. Um, Vardy is doing Vardy things. I said he's gonna repeat for Golden Boot. Um, I mean, it's not the leading scorer right now, but he's looking good. Um, Everton, huge surprise. Luke and I talked about it. Luke, talk about Everton a little bit. I didn't think they'd be starting off this quickly, but props to Carlo Ancelotti. He's got them firing on all cylinders right away, which I think it's important for them to get a good start. And you're, that way you're not chasing Liverpool or chasing Man City or chasing whoever's in the top four. If you can be up there and set the pace, puts a lot of pressure on those teams that spend big money over the summer to catch you. Yeah, Hamas with the most chances created out of any, every, any player so far in the first three weeks. He looks unreal in my eyes. Um, Ian, how do you feel about Everton getting off to a good start and Leicester getting off to another good start? For Everton, they were a really big surprise for me. I mean, I personally didn't think that Jaimez was going to do super well in the Premier League, which, again, it's only week three, but I was really surprised when they came out and they are just able to produce goals. Calvert-Lone at five, five goals to have him on my fantasy team, thank God. Um, absolute stud absolute so far stud. so good in the air so good at one time finishing he can just do it all right now but Everton overall I'm I'm excited to see how they finish in the table I, I know they won't they haven't finished inside top six and I don't even know some years long. some yeah. years yeah but I see them finishing more like in between the sixth and tenth range honestly They're very exciting strong, team to watch though 
No, I know for sure. They're attacking. Players are fun to watch. Um, they got decent goalie with Pickford. Um, good back line. Good midfield. Great attack. Great young attack. Um, all right. Let's talk about City's defensive struggles. I mean, some of those PKs they gave away were shocking. I mean, it was just like lazy. I don't know what it is, right? They they spent however many millions on defenders this transfer window, and their defense is their biggest downside right now. And it's perplexing. I think there's been some injuries that have really hurt them. They just um, – I don't know if it's official yet. Uh, Fabrizio – I think it was official today. Is it official yeah, today? It official yeah. Today. Ruben Diaz from Benfica, um, massive defender, great signing for them. I think it was a sixty-some-odd million With transfer. Otamendi going the other way as yep. well. Um, Thank God, because Otamendi just fouls. But it's just I, I mean, you give up three PKs in one game, regardless of how well you're playing possession. Like you got to do the basics correct, and if you just gift teams goals like that, it's going to be impossible to win games. Yeah, also, my favorite player in the Premier League, KDB, is off to a slow start, shockingly. Um, I think they'll get going, there's no question. It's still really early, but I thought they would be, like, haven't lost this far, um, or tied or dropped points, because it's just city standard. Mm-hmm. But they're in 13th, um, United's below them 14th, so I think that's pretty pretty crazy. That I mean, it, it's still very early in the season, but... And I think the injuries to Jesus and Aguero plays a part in this because it's just where are they going to get goals now? Yeah, I mean, Sterling, I guess. You can have all the possession in the world. You can send in as many crosses, but if you don't have someone a true nine. on the end of those crosses, yeah, it's going to be tough. They're lacking a true nine. Um, okay, who are your guys' biggest surprise this early in the Premier League? I think, for me, absolutely Leeds United – just a phenomenal side how they play. Super fit. They run the whole game. Very technical. They got pacey players. That's my biggest surprise, along with Everton. You basically summed it up for me. I was gonna say Leeds and Everton, but Leeds again, like the first week going up three two against Liverpool, like really shocked people. But um Everton again, I just didn't think that they were going to have full team chemistry and we're going to be able to produce this early. But, again, we'll we'll see where it goes and we'll see what happens. Still super early. Leeds could fall off or, they, you know, it's early. But, oh, I know. Luke, who's your biggest surprise thus far? Um, well, I don't know how surprising Leeds would be. You know, we talked about it last year. You called it. I, I didn't know much about Leeds. I, I watched them a little bit last year in the championship and they're they're a solid team. I think – Defensively, that's where their worries are. But if they can sort out their back line, I think they sh- they'll have a comfortable time this year. Yeah, they got Banford, who uh, you can tell he has experience in playing in some games against good competition. He's got three goals. He's their number nine, and they just got good attacking guys that yeah. have pace. And it's a system thing. I think Bielsa is a smart guy. They're really fit. They love to run and. They're looking good so far. But for a surprise, I it's between either Crystal Palace or Aston Villa. Villa are two for two so far this year. Yeah, which Grealish I, off to a start. Yep, I picked them to go down, so wasn't expecting this. And then Palace with a victory over Man United. Yeah, I, I what really surpri- it doesn't surprise me because United 
never play well opening weekends at home. And especially they're, they're up and down and up and down with, yeah. with fixtures. You just never know what they're going to well, do and also against, at the start of the season. Yeah, and also against Palace, they somehow this man, Wilfred Zaha, will not do anything against any other team, but he'll show up against United. Yeah, he's a former United guy. I mean, obviously he wants to prove something, but, like, I mean, come on. Like, really? I just... No, I know it's ridiculous. It's annoying. Um... But let's get into the leading goal scorer right now is Calvert Lewin. No, oh uh, yeah, him and Vardy are tied. But and Vardy, yeah. Um, Calvert Lewin has looked insanely good, quick, fast. Ian talked about it. He can score in the air. He's like attacking every single header that comes his way. And then the Vardy party just doing what he does, score goals. Um, I have Vardy on fantasy, so it's great to have him. Um, but yeah, I think. There's a lot of a lot of forwards that are looking good right now. Obviously, we saw Salah have um, a hat trick. Um, Jimenez looking good with two goals. Mane with three goals so far. Danny Ng still scoring three goals. Um, yeah, Ian, we didn't get your take. Who thinks going to be the Golden Boot winner this year? Golden Boot winner. I'm going either Aubameyang or Vardy. Vardy, obviously, just because of the style that Leicester play, it's counterattacking. They just know how to finish. They know how to create chances when. When teams are down late in the game, um, PK, yeah, he's Vardy's a PK taker. He, he's gonna he's gonna score most of them. He he's got that confidence, and you can just tell every time he steps up to take one that he knows he's gonna bury it. Um, Calvert Lewin, just clinical finisher for me. It just seemed like in the game against Man City, he's just in the right place at the right time. He's he's gonna be able to put away every almost every shot that comes his way, but. Aubameyang for Arsenal, he's, for me, I've always seen him as a player that can provide and also a clinical finisher. He just knows how to do it, and Arsenal are struggling, obviously, right now, but I don't think they'll finish, I don't think they'll finish uh, outside of top eight. I think they'll, I think Mikel Arteta will, with time, will be able to turn things around. Hopefully not. And will start scoring again. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't Hopefully not, obviously, but but he could, absolutely could. Luke, who do you, how do you feel about the attacking side right now? Who's looking sharp in front of goal? I, I'm still just – I mean, we, we'll talk about it later, about the whole penalty situation in the Premier League right now, but Jamie Vardy, I, I think four pen goals already. I'm not complaining. He's on my fantasy team. But, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. I have loved seeing Calvert-Lewin succeed, you know, Coming through the Everton Academy, you you love those type of stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the flip side of goals, the most assist, a shocking five assists from Harry Kane. We talked about this guy. Um, if you guys haven't watched the Spurs doc on Amazon Prime, whatever video, really good documentary actually. Um, but it shows Harry Kane and he physically can't speak English. But oh come on, I mean he can't. He got marbles all in his mouth. But um. Yeah, five assists. Obviously, four of them were to Sonny last weekend. Um, how do you feel about that, Luke? He's, I mean, w- everyone thought it'd be De Bruyne at this point, in, or Trent in this point, but it's Harry Kane. Harry Kane is the key to Tottenham's success. It's one thing to have a striker that can, you know, put in goals, but if you can have someone that can link play like that, having soon Bale on one wing, Hyungman Son on the other. Crazy. 
and not only having the threat of Harry Kane, oh my god, he's going to get on the end of this cross, he can turn provider, and that's really dangerous. That's super hard to set up, because you can't just tell your defenders, all right, get on this man, because he's going to make this type of run. He's going to make that run, and then he's going to lay the ball off, and then he's going to pass it this way and that way. That type of variability in your attack is crucial to a side that wants to finish top four. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kane, five assists, healthy right now. Um, obviously, Sonny is a little bit questionable with the hamstring injury. Went off at halftime this past weekend. Sad to see. Yeah, you. I, I mean, how can you hate Sonny? I don't even care if you're an Arsenal fan and you hate Tottenham, but Sonny is a really good player to watch. Um, just a great, great character in the Premier League. Um, let's talk about. The top, the traditional top six, who looks the best so far? Ian? Traditional, is Liverpool included in the traditional? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, obviously, Liverpool right now, I mean, they just, they're off to a hot start. They're they are going to, they're going to remain consistent. Um, for the second team? It's tough. Like, no one's gotten going besides Liverpool. Right. I'm looking through the table right now, and it's tough. I would just say Liverpool. I mean, I think... At the moment, yes. Yeah. Luke, who do you think? Yeah. Arsenal have six points, but I think there's a huge caveat with that. Their performance last weekend... And today. And today. I mean, Which Good is for them day. for get winning when you're not playing well. That's a great attribute to have, but I wouldn't say they've got off to a fast start. I think it's just Liverpool right now. Yeah. Luke, what about the the... Bottom four that got promoted. Um, who do you think it looks the best so far? Uh, 100% leads, right? Uh, two wins out of three. I don't think they could ask for a better start. Once they clean up that defense, they're going to be free sailing for the rest of the season. Leads look good. And then you touched on it a bit. Villa, they look good. Surprise. I mean, I don't know. They got they, they stayed, but... Survived by the skin of their teeth last year. Yeah, what and an analogy, but yeah. Thanks. Yeah, they they uh, I think they're a bit surprising as well. You touched on it. Um, I just think Leeds look really good. They don't look scared of anyone, which is huge for a team that just gets promoted to the Premier League. Jack Harrison, Wake Forest grad. Yeah, Harrison. Cool Harrison is uh looking really good. Um, all right. I think we kind of touched on it. Who is the best team to watch right now that you guys are really looking forward to watch? Ian, who do you think so far? For me, it's Everton. Mainly Everton, but I could also argue Leicester. Leicester just because their style of play. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna score goals no matter what. Jamie Vardy's gonna score goals. Yeah, they no have they have what. twelve goals in three games. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And Everton just because it kind of feels like a promotion to the Premier League for me. Kind of like a uh, Leeds or someone. They're just off to a hot start, and you never know how they're gonna how things are gonna pan out for them. Yeah, you never really see them like looking this good early. It's always toward like the end of the season when they they kind of ramp it up because they want to finish above their standard, right? But um, I'd agree. Everton are very exciting to watch. I love watching them this far. But for me, it's still still Liverpool, still Klopp side. I think watching them is so fun, and it pains me because I want to say Man United, but I almost not watch United and then get followed on Twitter because I just know it's not going to be a good looking game right now. There's a crazy amount of critics on Twitter too. You just yeah hate going through it and seeing everyone bash United. It's bad, dude. McGuire looks horrible. Absolutely horrible. 
And what really pains me as well is Especially Lindelof, too. Yeah. But what pains me the most is seeing Maguire wear the captain band for United. How? I don't know. How? He's just got that leadership mentality, I guess. No, give it to De Gea. Yeah. He's been well, there the longest. If, it, if him and Henderson are splitting minutes, I can understand it somewhat, but or I don't understand it somewhat. It's crazy. I just Maguire really gets my blood pumping, but Luke, who do you think looks the best? Or what's your team to like watch you're most excited for? If I've got nothing going on and I have free time and I see a Leeds game on, I'm sitting down and watching that Leeds game. Two four threes and then <laughs> yeah. a one oh win. Yeah. Like, come on, that's free entertainment. Yeah, Leeds are looking really good. They are fun, fun to watch, especially because we never saw them play last year unless you tuned into the championship. Um, what about for a player? Who's the most exciting player to watch this far? Uh, my answer is simply Jamie Vardy. It's just a, it's almost a guarantee that he's going to score a goal in my eyes. Um, but aside from Vardy, I think watching Calvert-Lewin is really exciting as well just because he, he's not like a – he's a poacher, but – the way he attacks the ball on, on corners is crazy. He like runs through anyone. What's your guys' take on exciting player? It's a tough one. Um, you already said Jamie Vardy. Like I, I'm not biased towards him, but I do I do like him a lot. He's always he's always been one to provide, and he's always stuck with the England national team, which I really enjoy watching. Just because I feel like every year they're just stacked with talent. But. Um, Man, Jaimez maybe just because it's different play style and when uh, was it was did ever Everton play yesterday? Yeah, I believe so. In their game yesterday, it didn't seem like he was providing a whole lot for them, but he was he was just simply connecting the dots. Yeah, and whenever like he got he on the ball, you knew something was going to happen. Right. Also, his ability to f- switch the field is crazy. Oh, I know. Because he can ping. I mean, it's always left footed, but like he can ping. And I think another thing that's a really good point is that, like, a lot of people that are really big soccer fans don't have access to watch La Liga. So we kind of went on a – or Bayern. We went on this stint of, like, three years of not seeing James from the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And now he's back on TV and we're seeing him do right his stuff, which is really cool to see. I would agree. Um, a huge talking point that we need to get to is VAR ruining – oh, Luke, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to Tariq Lamptey. Oh yeah, little Brighton defender, former Chelsea academy player. He's looked fantastic at the start of the season. Super fun to watch. Way he's looked way better than Reese James. Well, uh, okay. Well, I've just enjoyed watching him. Yeah, he's he's really fun to watch. Just wanted to throw that out there. Always going into tackles. Always trying to win the second ball. Always getting corners for for Brighton. He gets up and down the field, and it, he's so much fun to watch, especially because he's what, like, five five, five yeah, six. Yeah, he looks like Nate Robinson out there. Right. Um, not scared of anyone. Absolutely. But back to my point, is VAR ruining soccer? I mean, one hundred percent, yes. Dude, it it's crazy to me that you can finish a game, review it, <laughs> and come back, even though that was for my side. I just I can't. It, it's it's just crazy. Refs are like. Hardly even having to really ref now because they can right. just stop the game and go to VAR. Right. And it's just, I mean, it even slows the game down more. Like, from an entertainment standpoint, I hate, I mean, I absolutely hate when they stop a game, call it 30 seconds or one minute later, when the ball, like, finally goes out of bounds. 
and yeah. they have to go back and review a potential offsides or whatever it was. I mean, it's slowing the game down. It's I don't think the fans are enjoying it just because their teams aren't getting results from it that could potentially happen. I it's mean, a it's a big blessing, but even bigger curse for a lot of teams. I just I mean, look how many penalties have been in the EPL in three games. Twenty penalties so far. Dude, three that's nuts. Yeah. I think this time last year there was eight. Twenty. I think some technology, goal line technology specifically, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Super quick response time. Doesn't slow the game down. And it makes a lot of sense because I mean, it's a crucial decision. But when you're stopping play, looking at little, like, did he pull his jersey? Did it skim off his arm? Yeah, did it like, skim his hand? Is his, like, and I guess... Um, is it IFAB or the International um, like Football Rules Association, whatever that thing is, changed the handball rule this year where it's no longer if your arm's in a natural position. It's if your arm, like if the ball makes contact with your arm at all. That's garbage. Or something similar to that. It's they, they made a murky rule even murkier, and I just don't know. I, I don't know what to think about it anymore. It's frustrating. It's tough. I think it does play a part in refs not really fully doing their job almost because they can rely on VAR so much. And I think if there's things – because the ref can't see anything. So if there's like like a massive tackle that maybe he just didn't have the angle to see or if you know they use the phrase clear and obvious, if it's clear and obvious, great. Let's go to VAR and have that overturned. Right, but, but if we're spending three minutes on a decision, they can't decide, and then they go over to the monitor and spend a couple more minutes. Like, it's not acceptable. Yeah, and also on that point, um, I think like going making huge challenges now. It's like back in two years ago, if you make a huge tackle, VAR is not going to be there, so you might not even get a yellow. But like, you go into a huge tackle, it's almost guaranteed to be yellow, even if you win the ball. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. If I was a player, I'd absolutely hate it. Unless I was scoring goals off penalties, but... The one thing the MLS does really well is they have a really high threshold of what they send to VAR. And I'm not sure what the criteria are, but you don't see VAR reviews that often in the MLS just because they say, okay, they they understand if it's not clear and obvious, if it's not, if it doesn't meet this threshold, we're not going to review it, play goes on. Yeah, well, the Prem needs to adopt that because it's ridiculous. I think it's crazy. Um, Another talking point, uh, I talked to Quinn. He was on the podcast earlier. His parents live in England right now. Um, COVID is, like, reoccurring in England, so they have a curfew at 10 o'clock. I think that's going to impact or delay the process of fans going back into stadiums. How do you guys think it's going to play a role for however long this goes of no fans in the stadiums in England? It's a, it's a huge part in soccer. I mean, it's what home field advantage is. Ian, how do you feel about that and I mean we're still going with no fans in the stadium in England. I mean obviously that's going to continue. I mean you can't just open the doors back up. The, the critics are going to be all over you and people are going to be freaking out about it and the the covid rates are just going to spike again. But I know it is hurting the industry obviously not getting those ticket sales and not being able to provide that in in-person experience to the fans. I mean I don't want to say they're losing their fan base because I haven't really looked into that, but there can't be any benefits of 
not having the doors open and not not having that interaction with the fans. Oh yeah, I mean it, we watched the Spurs doc. It showed. I mean I don't. I can't remember off the numbers top of my head, but like it showed the executives talking about how like ticket sales are almost the number one thing of money for right. annual sat like in in annual earnings. Their total budget was cut by like a third or something like that. That's crazy. I mean obviously soccer any sport is obviously about making the most money but i think aside from making the money for the players it sucks you don't have your fans backing you up right you've got so many players talking about how soccer is like all about the fans and how they miss it so much well especially it sucks for the team that just got promoted you would wish that you can go to this little dinky leeds united stadium and all those fans are backing you up against Liverpool or right. i mean anything in that situation right that's a it's a big thing for the smaller clubs like a lot of the fans there, I mean, granted in England, a lot of the fans are diehards, but at the smaller clubs, they're just crazy about their team. It's their hometown. It's the people that they that they know and they grow up with and they see at the grocery store or the gas station or whatever it is. I've seen in interviews that people are that much more connected in the smaller clubs. Yeah, and then another thing, it's like the max capacity for in England is like what? I don't even know. Let's just give an example. 60,000 people, but they're funneling like eight, close to eighty. Because it's just standing room. No one sits. It's not like in America you just sit the whole game. And to touch on Ian's point, that's where grassroots football is where it really hurts. Those lower league clubs oh, really yeah. admit, like, the prim- Premier League's going to be okay. They're going to survive. But when you start getting down into fourth division, fifth division. They might fold. They're going to have to fold. Yeah. It, without this, I, the government has said that they're going to back like, the soccer community and they're going to have money to help bail them out. But it's just, ah, God. It, it's a hard time. I'm sure they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel right now. Um, the idea was to have a limited number of fans return October 1st. As Quibi mentioned, that's been postponed. And I think until further notice, I don't think they put a new date on it. It, it sucks. I mean, I don't even like watching games and not seeing fans. And I mean, obviously they pump in through the TV, like the fan noise, but it's still not the same. I don't know. The fan noise is awful. I hate it. Yeah. I think it's disgusting. It I, obviously, it sucks without having, having the, sorry, without having the fans there, but to have this TV pump in fake noise that doesn't line up with the play. It's like FIFA. You have crowds cheering when there's, like, it, it probably is FIFA noise. Yeah. At least that's what it was um, after the restart. The the first restart that the Premier League had, they literally put the FIFA noise crowd That's noise crazy. into it. But I don't know. It's interesting. Like for a lot of the smaller clubs that just got promoted or whatever, like they're it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But at the same time, like you're watching pure soccer. You don't have you don't have the fans backing you up or anything like. And that, that's that a first game for in like the first Liverpool Leeds game. That I think that's the main reason why Leeds were still in the game because they didn't go to Anfield and they didn't have call it sixty seventy thousand people cheering against them and booing them and whatnot. Yeah, that's a great point. Along with that, um, they you still kind of hear the players more because there's not the fans, even though they're pumping in the fake noise. But I think it's gone down a tad bit of players almost flopping and then players arguing to referees. I could be wrong, but from, from what I've seen, I think it's it's helped that aspect of soccer a little bit. I mean, it's how it should be. I mean, everyone's going to argue with the ref and whatnot. But, yeah, you're completely right. It is, like, the purest quality of soccer because it's, it's almost a scrimmage. It's it is a scrimmage. 
I mean, that's probably what it feels like to some of them. Yeah. I mean, they're so used to playing against thousands of fans, but no right. fans. It's like you got to get ready by yourself. Um, but, yeah, I think this upcoming week we got some Caribou Cup. Luke, who does Chelsea play? Chelsea play Tottenham Hotspur Tuesday, tomorrow, and the Carabao Cup. Carabao, Caribou. Caribou, and go get a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Um, Jose is not a happy man right now. No. Let's just talk about, because in the Spurs doc, if you watched it, Jose called out Deli Alley multiple times, calling him a shit trainer. And he, he's been left, he got left out of the squad last, or this past weekend. And Luke was saying before the podcast that supposedly he is linked or talked about to go to PSG. Yeah, uh, linking him to PSG, I Jose wants him in the team. Jose also thinks he has too big of a team and wants to trim his squad. I think Jose knows Delhi's a special player. Can they connect? I don't know. I think it's it's done. Like I don't. I think Jose's sick of it. He's not putting up with Delhi's stuff. Well, and here's the crazy thing, and I almost feel bad for Tottenham. They played this past weekend. Um, they play Saturday, Sunday. Regardless, I think they played Sunday. Maybe it was Saturday. They turn around three days later, Tuesday game, in the Carabao Cup. And then this Thursday, they have the Europa League fixture. And Jose's already come out, and the press is asking him, like, oh, are you going to prioritize one competition over the other? Are you going to play full strength? And he goes... Carabao officials, they're already telling me I have to prioritize. I can't play my boys at the weekend. Three days later, put them out against Chelsea, which is going to be a fast, ferocious fixture, big rivals, and then send them off to the Europa League fixture. It's You just can't do that. It's so tough. Like It's just crazy. The turnaround absolutely is crazy. I mean, again, the Spurs doc, we showed – or it showed like the behind the scenes of like what players actually go to. It's not like they're healthy all the time. They're more banged up than college players. Like back to back to back, especially during COVID, they're forcing all these games in such a short amount of time. Yeah, he was hinting at rotation. I think he will because he knows that if you, while the Europa League doesn't have the same type of prize money as the Champions League, Tottenham needs that money. They have to progress in the Europa League. Um Need that money, and they need to get back to Champions League. Obviously, it's what Jose wants. Right. If they can't finish top four, you win the Europa League, you get a Champions League bid next year. So it's an important competition. I think I think Chelsea rotate after a pretty shocking performance against West Brom at the weekend. Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll still be a close game. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that's all we got today, guys. Um, Ian, anything else you want to say? Thanks for coming on today for the first time, first of many. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, think I'm okay. Yeah, Luke, kick us off with with that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, might as well we're here. Let's do yeah. a little preview on next weekend's prime fixtures. Sure, hit us with the fixtures. All right, we got Chelsea Crystal Palace kicking things off. Big game. Next Saturday, 6.30 a.m. Central time. We will be up for it. A little nervous, but... Um, Bashuai with a hat trick. Oh, my God. He can't play. Oh, I you hate that play, rule. Yeah, you can't play against your parents. I hate club. that rule. You can't play against your parents? Nope. If so, same thing with Sheffield and uh, your boy Henderson last year. He could not play in fixtures against Manchester United. Yeah. Um, Everton-Brighton should be a good one. 
Everton have looked really good going forward. Brighton have been pretty solid at the back. Lamptey. We'll see him pop off again. Uh, Saturday, Leeds United, Man City. That's a big game. Expect fireworks. Really big game. Lots of goals. Yeah, you know um, Guardiola is going to be pissed off after last weekend. And then Leeds have, like, supreme confidence no matter who they're playing. So, should be a really good game. And we round off Saturday, uh, Newcastle versus Burnley. Yeah, uh, that's all right. Zero zero. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. And then Sunday we start off with Leicester and West Ham at six in the morning. We'll we'll not be waking up for that. <laughs> Again, <laughs> exciting to see what Vardy can do. How many penalties he'll put in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and also at six a.m. is West Brom Southampton. Uh, oh my gosh! Another what? Danny Ings. Zero. Danny Ings will get a goal. Danny Ings will get a goal. I'm saying two zero Southampton. It's probably fair. <laughs> and then Wolves and Fulham. I mean, Fulham is just absolute garbage right now. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do if they can actually revive their Premier League hopes. But it yeah, right it's not now, looking it's, great. No, it's not looking great. And Wolves, who looked really good last season, finished what sixth? Yeah, finished sixth or not doing well. Yeah, they're in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, so is United and City, but right, it's fair. And then Arsenal and Sheffield at 8 a.m. Big game. It's big a good game. game. It's all right. See see what Arsenal can do, actually. See what Obama Yang would do if he can pick himself back up. And then United and Tottenham at 10.30 a.m. Huge game. Huge fixture. Real Biggest game of the weekend, absolutely. Um, United need to win. Also, Tottenham need to win. So, should be a really good game. Yeah, Jose against United. Um, obviously, is with United previous of Tottenham. But, yeah, it's a huge game. Um, I hope all of our teams – or I hope United wins. I hope Arsenal loses. I hope Chelsea lose. That would be great. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it would be awesome. But with that being said, that is this episode. Um, thanks, Ian and Luke. Um, you guys will be on it probably once a week. But, um, as always, this is sponsored by Saturday.Seltzers. They were revived this past weekend, revived. Um, another great review on Saturday.Seltzers on Instagram – they just reviewed a shocking accusation that they required acquired somehow. I don't know how they did it, but did it. But up in Indy, Sun King Brewery, a brewery, I mind you, came out with the seltzer. They reviewed it. Um, Sun King is great. Yeah, but I mean, a seltzer from a brewery—it's just a different talking point. We can go on forever, but yeah, like always, sponsored by Saturday Hot Seltzers. So um, take a listen. Also, uh, this week I'm recording another podcast with Josh Cohen, who we already had him on the podcast. Um, he scored an absolute banger that was top Ben's quality. Um, I think it was like his fourth or fifth game with SU Tucson and the USL one. So he'll be back. Um, Going to catch up with him a little bit. And then possibly we'll have MLS player um, rehabbing right now f- with the Chicago Fire, Jeremiah Gutyar, um, looking to have him on the podcast again. So, yeah, just stay looking um, out for top Ben's. Sorry for not posting as I promised on Twitter, but. Just keep listening. Hope you guys enjoying it. Um, go United. And, yeah, thank you. Go Red Devils. Yeah, and go Red Devils, obviously. <laughs>